use just one scripture, but today I'm going to catapult into my sermon out of two portions of scripture, first in Psalms, then in Luke. Psalms 107, beginning in verse 2, 1 and 2. And this portion of scripture is one of my favorite scriptures that I like to use in verses 23 and 24. But we're not going to be covering that here today. We're going to look at verses 1 and 2 of Psalms 107. Do you have it? Give what? For he is, his love endures forever. Let the redeemed the Lord say so. Some translations say this. Say this. But let the redeemed the Lord say so. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Jump down now to verse 7. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Isn't that like us? We finally got a place of our own. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good turkeys. Hallelujah. Good things. Now, Luke chapter 7. Let the redeemed the Lord say so. As a matter of fact, that's the title of my sermon. So. So. You've been redeemed? You've been bought with a price? Then say, so. Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse 18. John's disciples told him about all things, calling two of them. He sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who has was to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, are you the one who was to come, or should we expect somebody else? Verse 29. All the people, even the tax collectors or the scribes, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right, because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts in the law, which were the scribes, Rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. To what then, Jesus is talking now, can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like what? Sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other. And this is what they were saying. We played the flute for you, but you didn't dance. We sang a dirge or, or a sad song. And you didn't cry. We played an oldie and you didn't cry. Verse 33. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And you say, he has a demon. The son of man, he's talking about himself, came eating and drinking. And you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Father, I pray that we would glean from your word here, Lord Jesus, and be excited about the things of God things you've blessed us with. I honor you and I bless you. In Jesus' name. Everybody together said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let the redeemed the Lord say so. When is the last time you said so? When is the last time you told God thanks from a, with a grateful heart? In the Gospels, the Bible says the Father seeks those to worship him. Okay, He seeks for us to be able to worship and to glorify His name. 
Now the Greek word for worship is a word called proskaneo. Okay, are you with me? The Greek word for worship is a word called proskaneo. And it means to kiss the hand toward. To give honor by kissing the hand. Sort of like, you ever been to the Philippines? Or dealt with the Filipinos, how they, how they go on the Salamat Po? That's really what it means, polite, Salamat Polite. That's what they're doing. They're really proskaneon, hallelujah. That's what they're doing, okay? To kiss the hand toward. Now, the word comes from, the word proskaneo comes from another Greek word that was a derivative or derived from or rooted in the word, dig this, dog. Uh, when I was putting the sermon together, I kept thinking about, you know, the, the brothers from Oakland. Say dog. Uh, they don't know it. They should hear this tape. But they, you know, hey dog, what it be like? Here we go again. Well, here we go. Uh, say dog. Oops, my God. And I, if I kept going backwards, my, my son wouldn't be my dog. Uh, uh, he'd be all mad. <laughs> this is a day to be glad. Uh, but it, it, it is derived, it's rooted in the word dog. See, this original meaning, this word for worship, it meant to kiss like a dog kissing his master's hand. That's what it meant. Like a dog licking or kissing his master's hand. Now, it seems a bit repulsive, but it's really not. Uh, have you ever been welcomed home by a dog? I mean, ours. I mean, I, I almost entitled this sermon The King and His Court. Because my dog's name is? And we're his court, you know. Uh, and he courts us all the time. I mean, like right now, when we're going to get home, he, he'll be there by the door waiting. The other day, wait, something's wrong with him. If he doesn't start barking, or the other day I heard my wife getting on her skates. Man, you didn't even, you, you just laid there. You lazy dog. <clears throat> because he usually doesn't do that. When we come home, we, you, you can hear him half a block away. He's rubbing, he, can, he knows our cars already. Uh, he's scratching at the, at the door and at the window and he's getting ready. The minute we come in, he's excited to see us. And that's what the, the Greek word means for worship. We should be excited every time we come into the house of God. Because we're going to see our master. Uh, I mean, the dog's always wagging his tail. I can't do that. Uh, that's not an illustrated sermon here now. Uh, but doesn't he, you know, he's thumping and jumping and scratching and screaming. And, because he's excited. Uh, go outside. Oh, he, he loves to go outside. Uh, he's excited to see us. He knows he's going to eat. He knows he's going to go outside. He knows he's going to get a hug. Not from me. Uh, from his real master. Uh, and he's, you know, he's, but he gets all excited because that's when he sees the, that's the way we're supposed to come into the presence of God. Excited. Especially on this Thanksgiving holiday, this Thanksgiving day. Uh, he gives us a royal welcome. As if we haven't seen him for weeks. And we've just been gone a few hours. Uh, but that's the way we're supposed to come. We haven't seen God in a while. We haven't been with the Lord in a while. Uh, we should be excited. Now today I'm going to come from left field regarding the story here of John the Baptist. Then I'm going to end with a commentary dealing with childlike versus childish. Okay? And we're going to be looking at that. How we should be childlike like a dog. Uh, we should be childlike. When we come to the presence of God, when we're worshiping God, we should be childlike. But many times Jesus is saying in this parable that I read to you uh, in Luke chapter 7, we're, we're more 
childish rather than childlike. And he's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking here to the, to the, uh, the scribes. And he's saying, listen, you're, you're like a child. Usually when Jesus talked and mentioned a child, it meant good. You must become like a child to enter the kingdom of God. That was good. So whenever he would use the analogy or the parable of a child, that usually meant pretty good. But not this time. Not here. He says, you're childlike, not childish. Excuse me, you're childish, not childlike. There's a difference. Are you with me? Uh, in other words, you're, you're, you're a little baby. See, in this instance, Jesus comes up with a unique type of rebuke to the Pharisees. He calls the Pharisees children. He accuses them of being like children. Then he goes on and he calls and he compares the Pharisees to children. And that's a little bit odd because like I said, he usually, that was usually a, a commendation. Man, you're like a child. All right. But not this time. Uh, he's not doing it. Certainly he doesn't, you know, mean their, their normal, regular type of children. Not at all. He's not complimenting them, but rather he's saying, you're bratty little children. Uh, he's not giving them a compliment. He's saying, you're a little brat. You're spoiled. See, Jesus is calling them childish, not childlike. Now, to show these Pharisees how exactly they are childish, he gives them the little parable there in verses 31 and 32 of Luke chapter 7. And in this parable, he gives them a story about children that are playing. Now, how many of the children are pros at playing? Oh, yeah. I've used the illustration of my son before. Hey, he loved to play. He's still a player. He's still playing, but not that kind of a player. Uh, but he loves to play. What did he say? Tomorrow, come, we're going to play football. Uh, I wanted to come. Hallelujah. Uh, I quoted back the other day, right? Anybody see that touchdown pass I threw? It was bad. As soon as I get to heaven, that's the first thing I'm going to check out. That was a mean pass. I was going to my left and I threw like this. Not even George Myra could do it. You don't even know who George Myra was. He was one of the best quarterbacks of Miami history. But I remember he was famous for going this way and throwing this way. And I did it. It was you, right, Alan? <laughs> remember, you'll always remember that touchdown pass I threw. Uh, because playing is fun. And that's what Jesus is saying. You're supposed to be childlike and childish. You're not playing because you're childish. No, I don't want to play. It's my football. I'm going to go home. <laughs> that's what happened. He says, he says we sang, uh, we played the flute for you and you didn't dance. That's not natural for kids. When kids hear music, no, 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 no. It's natural. They want to play. But these people didn't. He says, then we sang a dirge for you. We, we sang an oldie. We sang a, a sad song and you didn't want to dance. You didn't want to cry. You didn't want to mourn. That is unnatural. And listen, when we come to church, it's natural to worship God. When we come in here, that's unnatural. Oh, when I think about what he's done for me, especially in a service like today. Oh, man, what he's done for me. Maybe I should testify right now. I got the mic. Uh, and I'll get happy, but I'll get sad too. Because uh, I don't deserve to be here as well. Uh, I overdosed on heroin nine times. Should be dead. Uh, most of my friends today, I'd say a third of my friends are all dead today. Uh, and they're falling like flies, unfortunately. In prison or ODing out in the streets. But God enabled me to be here before this great congregation. Uh, man, I got a lot to be thankful for. But my wife said, hey, I'll say it too. I love you guys. I love you. Uh, have I told you that I love you today? <laughs> that I love you today. 
Hallelujah. See, what the Bible is talking about here is saying that they wanted to play funeral, but nobody played. That's what it's saying there. Then they wanted to play wedding, and nobody wanted to play. Uh, thus, they end up not playing at all. Rather, just staring at each other, mad, upset, and unhappy. Uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. But they weren't saying nothing. They were just standing there. That's what the Bible says. That's unnatural for a kid. You just stand, sit, sit there. No. Kids are supposed to play. Christians are supposed to worship. Hallelujah. It's natural. Once you've been redeemed and bought with a price. Uh, don't ever let the devil stifle you into forgetting and not counting his blessings. If you were from Florida, you'd have to recount your blessings. Hallelujah. Uh, but that's, another, that's another sermon over here. Uh, and let me see. It's dotted. I mean, the butterfly. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. No, this is not a blessing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, see, what Jesus was saying, listen to this. What Christ was, he was giving a sad commentary to the Pharisees and the scribes to who they really were. They were a bunch of oddballs. Uh, they were a bunch of, you know, baptizing lemon juice kind of people. Uh, they didn't want to play. They didn't want to, they didn't want to do what they were supposed to do. So the Bible says in Luke chapter 7 that Jesus reminds the Pharisees and the lawyers that a few months ago, among them, a prophet appeared. Uh, who called them to repentance, who called sin, sin, and black, black, and white, white, who was John the Baptist. That's what he's telling them. Uh, he says, but you people got all mad. He came talking, you know, not on the side of his neck, preaching the gospel. He would say, you know, get right or get left. He told, he told the truth. Uh, this guy had the people leaving the city to go hear him preaching the wilderness. Uh, but what happens is, you know, they didn't like him because he said he was too hard. Then he says, so you, you know, you, 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 when they, he went to the palace to go preach in front of King Herod, they gave him a plate. It didn't have turkey on it. It had his head on it. Uh, chopped off his head for telling the truth. Then he says, but another preacher came talking about himself and he came talking about Blessings. Talking about, you know, giving you things, receiving, uh, being tactful on, on, on the things that he said. John the Baptist was out front. He didn't fool around. Uh, but Jesus came and he, you know, he gave parables and he, he painted beautiful pictures. But they still didn't receive him. He hangs out with sinners. Uh, look, look, look at this guy. Uh, see, one sang a beautiful song, one sang a sad song, but yet the children didn't want to play. Either way, they didn't receive it. Uh, they didn't receive it with joy. He promised Jesus abundance to make all things new. He came proclaiming good things, good news. The Bible says he dwelt among them. John the Baptist hung out in the wilderness. But Jesus hung out and dwelt among men. Uh, in other words, you, you don't receive a person telling you the truth hanging out in the wilderness. You don't receive a person telling you the truth that's among you. Dwell, dwelling among you. Ah, uh, he hung around with, you know, he ate with sinners and, you know, but yet they, they wouldn't receive him. So what then did the Pharisees say about him? Ah, uh, well, he shouldn't be so common. Well, John the Baptist was uncommon. Ah, uh, he ate locusts and butterflies and all that stuff. And Jesus says, hey, he, he ate turkey. 
He got that. Ah, oh, man. But they refused to accept either one of them. See, it was childish. These Pharisees were only being big babies. They were being abnormal. They were supposed to play like normal kids. But because they didn't get their way, they rebelled. See, the normal childlike heart, once it receives love, it naturally and normally and automatically returns the love. God loves you. God loves us. Naturally, we're supposed to reciprocate our love. Give it back to him. Oh, we love him because he first loved us. We worship him because he's worthy. But yet a lot of us are. Raise your hands and praise the Lord. I've done this before. You know? God gave us everything. He spared not his only son. Ah. See, the scribes of the Pharisees were not responding normally to love and to God because they were childish. There was no worship in them. If they couldn't have it their way or, or be right regarding issues, then they won't play. They won't worship. We played the flute. The Bible says you didn't dance. We mourned. You didn't cry. Why? That's not normal. That's not right. That's not honorable. That is childish. That's what he's calling them. And really, that's what happens with us. We come to the house of God and, you know, we're childish and we're not worshiping God. Nothing wrong with being childlike. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I like the gang generation. Sometimes I'm worshiping here next to my son because he wants to be next to me. And the gangs, these guys and girls, they have a, they're always like, you know, you ever seen Keith? Too? Keith, you do it too. Uh, they, you know, yeah, you know. And they get it from Timothy and Sonny Jr. They're like, yeah, you know. But that's not childish, that's childlike. Nothing wrong with that. The way it's supposed to be. You know how we're going to make the elder call today in just a few minutes? No, I'm going to tell you. But you just wait. Don't go nowhere. Close the doors, Usher. Ah. We're all going to make it, but you're going to make it there in your seats. Ah. Childlike. There's nothing wrong with that. Those people say, oh, look at him. Listen, when you worship, you always get noticed. Remember the, the, the woman that, that washed the, the feet of Jesus before his burial with tears? I read that account this week, and I said, with tears? Man. Ah. So like Yolanda, hallelujah, seven, Easter, uh, seven Easter's, seven Thanksgivings ago. Um, that's heavy what she said. Seven years ago, she ate tears. Uh, but this woman was tears of joy. Washing the feet of Jesus. Broken alabaster box. I was saying, everybody look. Oh, look at the lady. See, when you worship, you get noticed. Uh, ooh, look at him. Ooh, he got the cooties. No, I got the joy, 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 joy. Down in my soul. Down in my soul today. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Powerful, powerful nursery a song. I like that song. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Eh. <laughs> sit on attack to stay. It's just to stay. Attack on the devil. Attack. Ah, I got the love of Jesus, love of Jesus down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. In a few months, I'm going to be, a few days, I'm going to be 51. Uh, I still, I don't care. I want to compete with a gang. 
Because when you worship, you get noticed. Some of you, we'd never know that you came to the house of God. You came, whatever, and you left. Uh, no, worshipers get noticed. Look at that, brother. Um, really, even in our home, guys, we, we got to be getting down. I mean, the homes that I come from, wow. Joseph remembers our homes. We were, I mean, we were like crazy. I was just in Chicago. Pastor Sonny preached a powerful sermon. I was saying, oh, God, I wish you could preach at our church. That's so winning. Winning souls. He never preached in Chicago in his life. It's the first time in 10-year history of the Chicago church he preached. It was powerful. And they were all there. And then at the end he says, now, and God was he says, now, I'm going to have a great young man come and make the altar call. Steve, here, here's the mic. Okay, you know. <laughs> you know. But then, I mean, God started moving, things started happening. And then Sonny started calling. He went and he got this one lady. He knew he could, she could play the piano. He went and said, replace the other one. She says, and he tells her, cook. And, he, and then people had never seen this before because it was the first time there. I had seen this many years ago. So he started dancing, you know. And, he, and then he started getting people out and bringing them up here. And, you know, he used to do that. I so he used to come down from the, 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 the pulpit and grab Josie. He always Josie first. And remember, and he'd take they'd start running all around the church. Like this. Hallelujah. Even backwards. No, he didn't do that. I can do that. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, but he did it again. And I said, man, that's, that's Holy Ghost Hallelujah stuff. Uh, I did it too, and I told people, hey, I can still beat you up. <laughs> uh, we got to get childlike every now and again. Uh, yeah, we do. But the, the first is we're getting childish. Some of you, they're looking at me like, especially first timers. I don't usually do it. I'm not making no excuse. <laughs> Uh, but hey, nothing wrong with being childlike. I'm still going to go to heaven. Uh, I mean, God's touched my life. I got something to be excited about. I got something to be thankful for this Thanksgiving day. Uh, that's what normal children do. They're not childish. Uh, but childish people want their own way. You know, uh, that's abnormal. To a real child. And we're not supposed to be like that. Finally, and with this I close, what is the cure for childishness? Look at 2 Kings chapter 5. With this I close. 2 Kings chapter 5. The cure for childishness. Well, of course, the cure is being childlike. Say, dog. That is really, that's, that's really the truth. Uh, Jesus, Jesus was helped way before the people from Oakland were. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 5 beginning in verse 10. Do you have it? Elisha sent a messenger to him to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored to you, and you will be cleansed. 
But Naaman, we're dealing with Naaman now here. How many remember Naaman? Uh, Went away, wow. And said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of this leprosy. Are not Abana and Farper, the rivers of Damascus, better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Verse 13. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became like that of a young boy, childlike. See, this story of Naaman is the epitome of what I'm saying here regarding the difference between childishness and childlikeness. Naaman exemplified both in this story. Are you with me? It's a good example of childishness and childlikeness. Now, when big bad Naaman goes to Israel and Elisha for healing of his leprosy, he doesn't like the prescription. Doesn't like it. Man, if you would have told me this, would, to go seven times in the River Jordan, it's ugly, full of dirt. It's an ugly river. Why, our, our rivers are better. Lake Elizabeth, take care of that one. Uh, instead of reacting obediently and willingly, he doesn't do that. Uh, instead of just, just play, Naaman, just play, go play, be normal, be a normal kid, be a normal Christian, go play. He doesn't want to. Uh, he wants to rebel childishly. And he leaves in a rage, the Bible says. With a rebel yell, he yells, no, no, no. No, I'm not going to do it. Uh, me and that nutty guy, what is his name? Come on, you yikes. Billy Idol. Uh, that's, that's what he's like. And he's supposed to be a Christian. And he's yelling, no, no, no. Childish. But why was he mad and upset? Why doesn't he play? Well, for one, because the prophet had not done what Naaman expected him to do. He wasn't playing by Naaman's rules. Uh, he thought, well, I'm supposed to do it this way. I'm supposed to do it that way. We never know. Uh, you never know what God's going to do. Look what I just did right now. I ran around the church acting like a great child. Hallelujah. Not a fool. Uh, and didn't, God didn't raise no fool here. Uh, then also, he had better method than Elisha. So he thought. He thought he had a better method. So he leaves in a rage. Uh, see, my friend, there's power in humility and in obedience, doing things what God wants you to do. Uh, there's power there. Wagging the tail like a dog. Excited to, to see the, and be in the presence of God. See, Naaman finally threw away his childishness, the Bible says, and he turned with childlike faith, and he was obedient. He finally does the right thing, uh, and he was healed, the Bible says. So what of us, you and I? Are we being childish or childlike uh, when we come to the, the courts of God? Some of you don't worship because you're not playing. You're not responding to the love of God. That's what happens many times. Uh, we're not worshiping the world. We're no longer excited. Uh, like, a, like a dog to see his master. That's the way we're supposed to come to the house of God. You're supposed to come excited like a dog, teen, to see his master. 
I guarantee you, when we get home right now, King's going to be all happy. And not because of turkey. Oh, he's not supposed to eat turkey anyways. How many of you think that uh, King will eat turkey this week? <laughs> Come on, count, count with me. Yes, he will. Uh, he'll have some turkey. Uh, on the sly. Uh, I might even put grave in it this year. Uh, <laughs> he'll get the turkey. Because he's a good dog. And God will bless you if you're a good child. Hallelujah. Uh, good dog. Oh, no, 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 no. Wow, wow, wow. Huh? But we're supposed to be excited when we come to the presence of God. Uh, and like I said, you're going to get noticed if you're a real worshiper. Real worshipers get noticed. And not that you want attention. It's that we want to give our attention to God. Who deserves it? He's worthy of all the praise. He's worthy of all the adoration. Jesus Christ changed my life. He changed my life. He changed my life. Hallelujah. Oh, when I think about it. My God, maybe I'll turn to Church of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Uh, what he's done for me. We're supposed to jump. We're supposed to run. We're supposed to clap. We're supposed to shout. Uh, we're supposed to get noticed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Tell it. Uh, say it. Don't be afraid of that. Jesus Christ changed my life. What powerful words. Uh, can this, today when you're fellowshipping with your friends and your family, don't be afraid of it. Jesus Christ changed my life. Powerful words. You know, when I came into the men's home, and with this I close, when I came into the men's home, you know, I, I was there and I didn't know if I should say so or not. But I told the people I'm in a drug program. My probation officer called me and says, where are you at? And I told him so where I was. And he says, okay, Pineda, wait there. I'll be there in an hour. I said, okay, and I hung up. I could have run. It took an hour to get from Ventura County to, to the home in L.A. But I didn't run. I stood there. An hour later, he doesn't pull up. The phone rings. And they said, Pineda, are you there, is there a Steve Pineda in this place? They didn't know I was new. Yeah, it's me. They want you on the phone. It was him again. And he tells me, listen, I don't think he wanted to waste gas on me. Really, I don't think he wanted to waste gas on me. He knows we're going to get him anyway sometime or another. Uh, I think they talked it over and said, no, no, it's not worth it. We've got real people to deal with over here. Uh, you got real caseloads. This guy... So he says, turn yourself in in 10 days. So I did. And there I went. Ruben Pacheco took me. We're there sitting down. And they call my name. And I've told you something in my, te in my testimony. They said, Sipineta. I came. I am not kidding you. The marshals were there. The sheriffs were there. The Santa Paula PD was there. My probation was there. Every, I mean, everybody. Your Honor. They were all saying Your Honor at the same time. Uh, Your Honor. We can this land. Oh, Your Honor. The public, the, 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 the district attorney. Your Honor. Your Honor. Uh, I felt like a Democrat trying to crown votes in Florida, they looked like, you know? <laughs> your Honor, Your Honor. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I can't get that out of my, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And so they, you know, I'm just standing there looking, trying to look, you know, like a guy in the home 10 days. And they start saying this, that, and, and they say, is that so, Mr. Pineda? Yeah. And you're in a program? Mm. 
you know, yeah, I remember Ruben Pacheco went up to the front and he just says, powerful words, he says, Your Honor, this young man, Stephen Ader, has been in the Victoria Men's Home for 10 days, and we would like the opportunity to continue to work with him. And he went in and he sat down, and I said, come on, talk some more, Sam, what's wrong with you? <laughs> man, you're supposed to fight for me. You know, but those are some powerful words. You know, in other words, he was saying the right thing. We, 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 in other words, the judge, like, somebody wants to help Steve Pineda. No. Who? Victory outreach. Powerful words. Victory outreach. We, we stand here for this guy. So the, 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 the judge says, okay, sit down, but not over there with the people. You sit right over here, uh, and we'll put this on second call. Some of you have been there. You know, when you can't go sit down right with a regular population, now it means like pretty soon, you know what? So I sat down there and next to my probation officer. No, matter of fact, it was the head of the probation department. It was the main dude sitting there. You know, and I, I had been his first person he'd ever had on his caseload. He just graduated from some kind of, gotten his degree from maybe Cal State Hayward working with people trying to help out, you know. Uh, I was the first one that I broke him in. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I had... This poor guy, I taught him everything. <laughs> everything, everything. See, in the beginning, he was like some people would be naive that haven't been trained correctly. All they know is books, you know. Uh, he was so naive. He went for it in the beginning. Oh, yes, yes, Mr. Wingate. Oh, yes, Mr. Wingate. Oh, yes, Mr. Oh, yes. Uh, and now I'm sitting next to him, and he's up to way up there with me, you know. And I'm sitting there next to him, and I wait. I look at him and, you know, then I said, I waited for about two minutes. Then he's just waiting for me. And finally I turned around and I said the very words I said earlier. I looked at him and I said, Mr. Wingate, Jesus Christ changed my life and I'm no longer the same person that you knew 10 days ago. <laughs> he bit his lip. Because he didn't want to laugh. <laughs> uh, I tell you guys what I do when I'm, I'm crying. I go, when I don't want to cry. But this guy, he went, <laughs> it was like, oh, <laughs> you're good. That's what he was saying to me with his eyes. Like, come on, Pineda. I thought you taught me everything. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. God, this dude will do anything. Man. Uh-uh, you're going to get it this time, Pineda. I got you right here. Uh, but then I saw the Holy Ghost kick in. I'll never forget that. He gets my file. About a minute later, he starts looking at it. And he goes, says here that uh, you didn't actually go into the house and take the guns. I didn't. <laughs> See, the anointing started kicking. Mm -hmm. But there was a sheriff's daughter there. Yeah, she was with us. Oh, you know, it says here all you did was, that's all I did. I just scored for the guys. That's it. Hmm. All of a sudden, he started getting on my side, you know. Look at all that. Um, see, the key is all that. I said so. That's the day I began to say so. When you say so, God will say more than that. God will stick up for you. Man, they, they let me go back to the home to come back with a, another a little bit later. I ended up coming 10 times. 
Every time I would come, I would look at the jury box where all my partners were at, and I would tell them, listen, I'm not going to have to do time. God, just, I, I was speaking by faith. God changed my life. Yes, God has used my wife and I here in this city. I'll, I understand that. But you go back to Ventura County. It all started with a soul. There's all kinds of my friends now saying, when you say so, God shows up. Don't be afraid to put God on front street because he can take care of it. He can handle it. You just say so. I mean, I got sentenced to go do time, and I didn't have to go. And I kept telling the guys, I'm not, they told me, oh, look at this, man. You just got sentenced to 90 days. I said, I'm not going to have to. I'm, I'm trusting the Lord. If I have to come, I'll come. I'm going to, okay, I'm ready for you guys. And I kept thinking what I was going to do, how I was going to pray by the, by the bunks. And the, but I was, I'm ready. I'm going to pray right there. I don't care what they say. I'm going to pray loud. I was ready. If I have to go in there, I'm going to shando down, you know, like I'm living in a shando condo in a cell. Uh, I was ready. I was connect, collecting flyers and just in case. But I knew God had spoken to my heart. Uh, and we got to stay excited to come into his presence. Lick the hand. Salamat Paul. Bend the knee to Jesus. Uh, I mean, dogs get excited over their masters. We need to be childlike, not childish. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, Spirit of God, moving and ministering. Nothing wrong with being childlike. According to the scriptures, there's a lot of right. A lot of right. You need to start saying so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, and watch how God will show up this holiday season, you're going to have a great opportunity to say so. Among your friends and your family, your acquaintances, your loved ones, even the people that are, you'll meet this holiday season, say so. Don't be like these Pharisees that were childish. They played a sad song, they didn't cry. They played the flute, they wouldn't dance. They were abnormal. Normal Christians praise God. If you don't praise the Lord, there's something wrong with you. I can't help it. Can't stop praising His name. I want to ask you all to stand. I almost forgot what I was going to do. I almost feel like saying, would you forgive me? But I'm not going to. I'm not going to ask forgiveness on this one. We're all going to make the altar call right now. Everybody. Come here, son. He don't even know what I'm going to do. Stand next to me. I'll tell him what I'm going to do. But you can't hear. that childish or childlike? Is everybody happy? <laughs> you don't know it? Ooh, all right. Here we go. Oh, 
You're supposed to stand here. No, you're going to stand here. You're going to stand here with me. Come here, come here, come here. Luis, where are you, Luis? Come on, Luis. All right, come on. You go back. You're going to stand here with me. You'll get it. You'll get it. Luis, you'll get it. Are you ready to make the other call? I don't even have to say every head, body, right close. 